0: Hi, it's Mickey Dolans here. You're listening to Inspirado Projecto.
1: And I think that's the amazing part too, is being in this environment with these people. You know, like having Jay Humphries, who was here earlier today. You know, he was on reality TV star, and he was, you know, played the NBA for seven or eight years. You know, it's like, yeah.
0: It's crazy that we're in this town that you know you okay. turn around a corner and then all of a sudden they're filming a commercial over there or there's you see yeah. the 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 yellow or the the neon yellow or neon green sign that says okay over here parking over here for this movie or for this TV show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's what spurs those starlight tours and everything else because these other people can't they're they're not they're not connected to this. Oh to, yeah. To, to right. us it's just it's kind of normal.
0: At this point, right. yeah, yeah, it's gotten. Yeah.
1: It was hardly meeting Leonard like that outside of uh, you know the furniture store. <laughs> That's it's like, incredible. Yeah, and then becoming a friend. You know the, the story that, uh, that uh, uh, John Marshall used to tell me, that uh, Anne Bancroft and uh, and uh, uh, Bell Brooks. Yeah. That they would go walk their dog down the street, and they would argue and fight all the time. Uh-huh. And neighbors would come out. Hey, Mel, leave her alone! Oh my you know, gosh! And yelling, hey, shut, shut up! That. I'll yell it at out if I want to. You That's know? so funny. Where was that. that? He lived in the Hollywood Hills over here. Yeah, uh, two doors down was Brian Keith, was his neighbor. He I lived love two Brian doors. Keith. Yeah, he he said he actually heard the gunshots when he killed himself because he was right there. Yeah. yeah, he said he was inside his house, he was doing he was gardening. Oh, you're recording Man. All right.
2: But
1: but yeah, you know Thank we can Oh my god, there's instant.
2: so there's so much to be said about that. Um I mean, there's two things. All right, first I'm gonna go to Brian Keith because we were talking about Brian Keith. Okay. So I was watching, you know, this is really interesting because I was just thinking about how in society today we're so disconnected. And we're not friendly to each other. We're not neighborly. We're not community-oriented. And I was thinking, man, the old days so much better, right? The old days are so much better. People are so connected. And Isn't it a shame? So I don't know why I gravitated to Family Affair on TV, you know? So I'm like, what am I going to watch? Okay, I'm going to watch, I don't know, Family Affair, what? I pop on this episode. And it was really poignant, and it was really kind of, in, it was very enlightening. So the episode was about Buffy and Jody were in the elevator with their neighbors, and they were, you know, saying hello, and the neighbors would look at them with a scornful look and not respond, and all this stuff. So then they said to each other, "They're like, why are people so cold? I don't understand this. It's like they won't talk to us or anything." And then they went to Brian Keith, the dad, and said, these are our neighbors, and yet we don't talk to each other, and they just ignore us, and what what's the deal? And I'm looking in the dictionary, Buffy says, and it says neighborly, to be like kind to one another and talk to each other, but these are our neighbors, but they're not neighborly, I don't understand it. And Brian Keith, the dad's like saying, well, you know, that's just how people are, they just get on with their own things, and they get on with their own lives, and and that's just the way things are, you know, and it's just New York City, what? And um, they asked the sister, Sissy, Sissy, what do you think? Well, people are just busy. They got lives going on. They're just busy. So the kids said, you know, we really want to have a party here in the lobby of the building. Can we get permission for all the neighbors to get to know each other, and then they can be related? And so they ask and they get permission. They, they bake all these cookies and make this punch and everything. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, I know where this is going. All the people are going to somehow bump into the lobby and then start to, like, melt their, 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 right. their yeah, their, their awkwardness or their disconnect will melt. And they'll start, like, getting together over this party and it'll be so cute, just like a typical TV series is supposed to be in the 60s nobody shows up for the party. Nobody shows up for the party, except for this one lady and her daughter, and they walk out of the elevator and they go, she says, look, Linda, you know, none of the, nobody's here, let's just go. the only reason why we came down here is because you and Buffy are friends on the playground. There's nobody here, let's just go. And they leave. So then it was a complete disaster and everything. I thought, God, this is a lot of reality here. I mean, <laughs> nobody's showing up to the party and all this. And they were giving, you know, they were giving out the invitations prior to the party, and people would not come to the door. They were trying before having this party to try to just meet people. And the guy wouldn't open his door, he's looking through the peephole. What do you want? Everybody was not talking to these kids. This one lady said, okay you know, what do you want? Come on in. They came in, and they sit on the couch. Well, we're your neighbors, and we just wanted to get to know you. And she's like, yeah, sure, you're going to burglarize me, aren't you? Because last, the the neighbor over here down the hall, when she had somebody come in, yeah, I mean, she had somebody come in to go fix the place, and all they did was case it and burglarized it later. So I'm sure these kids, 5 and 7 years old, or 7 years old, or whatever their ages are, are just a precursor to a burglary. She's got... (laughs) she's got doors, I mean, chains and locks and everything on her door and 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 as German Shepherd guard dog and she said, you know, I'm just too nice. I just trust too easy and this is why I let you guys in and that's the comedy. It's like, yeah, you're <laughs> real trusting. And then she's like, alright, kids, get out you know, and all that. And then comes the party disaster that didn't work out and then in the very end, these People got stuck in the elevator, and so some of the neighbors were coming out, and they were trying to get the people unstuck out of the elevator, and and then the kids go in and bring the cookies out. Maybe this is a great opportunity for a party.
0: (laughs) That's great. And
2: by the time they come out there, the elevator had been open and everybody had left, and they were like, "Oh, we missed it. You missed the opportunity." And then. that was it on the episode, except for the kids were in the elevator with the lady with the dog and the chains, and she happened to say hello and kind of give them a little wink, like, now I know you kind of thing. And I thought, God, there's so much truth to this. I yeah. thought it was going to be sugar-coated and, and you, know, you know, impractical or idealistic or fantasy-oriented, but it was actually a lot of truth. So basically, the takeaway here is that nothing's really changed you know we are living in Los Angeles but we're really becoming like New York City and New York City was like that in what 1969 was that episode or 67 or whatever it was it was very prominent then and here we are and we're living in those same times and I thought that was really fascinating because what did it really take to bring people together Hardly even a disaster, if you will Right This is where we are We're still dealing with the same issues As we were back then We think it was like so great back then We think, you know Especially because our parents Oh yeah, so much better Back then and everything But they were also younger They were not jaded They were perceiving things differently That had a lot to do with it You know, my own father says, "Oh, yeah, people are nicer." Yeah, but you were 25. You know, like people are generally less suspecting of younger or you know younger people, and you're young and you're there's something to be said about like having great energy and you represent possibility for others and they respond to that. So there's something there. Take that into consideration, but that's not the be-all end-all. The point is is that. It doesn't really matter what age you are, we all struggle with connectedness. You could be 8 years old, you could be 80 years old, and you could be 28 years old. Belonging, it, this has been, a, this has been a, a challenge for children ever since they started school age, and adults, etc. A lot of it's perception. So if you're going to perceive that things were better then than they are now, they probably are going to turn out that way because just like Wayne Dyer says when he was asked, like, what's it like living over there? Are the neighbors nicer? Well, what are the neighbors like where you're living now? Well, they're crap. Well, then they're going to be crap over there. So it's the same thing. It's how you perceive it is what's going to show up for you.
0: What's interesting is that the way that your perception ends up uh, magnetizing more and more of those great circumstances right. to get back to what you're saying with the Laurel Canyon. Up there, they were so trusting. They were going in, going into each other's houses. They got their guitar. Hey, I hear that there's something going on in here. Anybody want to jam? Sure enough, someone's in there ready to, ready to play along with them.
2: They already feel that sense of connectedness, relatedness. But guess what? It, it was... You know, I don't like really using the word assumption, but it was something that they cuz you make an ass out of you and me.
0: And that's right. Assume. That's right.
2: But it was more like, okay, I I'm going to bet that you understand something that's genuine.
0: I love it. That's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: And because I bet you are genuine, I'm genuine you're gen- you know, we're, there's a relatedness instantly. And we're So able- that person ends
0: up magnetizing that into it.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: And then they have that whole community with that assumption, I'm putting in the air quotes, with that, you know, just betting on the fact that this house I go into, they're all going to be good people. Oh, yeah. I, I used, I, I, I'm I betting on the fact that someone's in there who wants to jam with me, and we're going to create some good music together. I mean, that just sounded like Shangri-La as I was watching Echo of the Canyon, and people are just running around naked, and they're just... You know, oh yeah, oh, cool. I, I I like that riff that you got there. I'm gonna. I, do you mind if I put that into my song? Oh no, sure, go ahead. I, they were just so sharing, and it was. I, I would like to believe that maybe this this movie that's coming out now, ideally, it'll open up some eyes in people's brains, <laughs> where they where they look at that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the fact that you grew up in 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 these situations where there were just all these musicians around you, and, I mean. That's just incredible. So your family was in a music?
2: Yeah. Yeah, my grandfather wrote Accentuate the Positive and sold it to Johnny Mercer for $500. Oh my god! And and my mom was in bands. Oh my god! My dad's in a band called Ramon and on the Four Daddy Os and they toured with ZZ Top and, you know, and then he went on to comedy and it was a big hit among the tour buses of Bob Dylan and Joe Walsh and Talking Heads and David Byrne and
0: yeah. How yeah. cool is that? Accentuate the positive. And look how this is reverberated through your life. Look how that's reverberated through your life and how you've you've taken that that nutrition and, and put it into the burrito of your own <laughs> of your own teachings to mm-hmm. people. I think that's fantastic.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all you know, and everything is just is part of, of what it is that you want to perceive. You really, really, really do create your own reality. You really do. And you and you definitely do magnetize things to yourself it's really it and and yeah I want you take a look and see like what is it that I'm really not what I want to be committed to or not what I want to be intentional about but what am I really intentional about will give you a clue as to what you're really creating okay so it's interesting because you could be saying to yourself, well, I want to work, and I want to, you know, uh, pursue a goal, or I want this thing in my life. But maybe you don't. You, maybe you have to take a harsh look and go, well, actually, I'm saying it because I should, and I'm saying this because it's expected of me. Or I'm saying this because time and, you know, bills or whatever are dictating to me take that out of the equation if these were not considerations i think that will give you a better perspective about what you're really intending what you're really committed to and then you'll know what you're creating and then you'll understand better about how to create something different or how to honor that which you're creating in the moment
0: I think what's great, it sounds to me like you offer people a lot of um, opportunities to be brave in moving forward to follow their dreams, you know, because it's very scary for a lot of people to to follow their intuition, to let their dreams, because maybe they had stuff in the past where something didn't work out maybe three or four times, and then they carry around that example the rest of their lives going, oh, things don't work out for me, I'm afraid to get excited because it's all going to go south. It, sounds, it seems to me that you really help people out with that.
2: This is good, because now you're talking about the operative word, faith. And it really is about faith. You've got to have faith in that which you are creating. And if you do an experiment in faith and just keep standing in it and standing in it and standing in it, what's interesting is you might find the very thing that you're that you're wanting to show up in your life, Whether it be money to pay your bills or, you know, someone to love or whatever it is. If you just hang in there even to the 11th hour, when I say 11th hour because let's pretend like it's about bills. And there's an 11th hour (laughs) called, like, the first of the month. Right you be surprised how something will come in even yeah. at the level of that yeah. and there is that there is something to be said about that you're being tested your faith is being tested. There's something to be said about that because it's very true. But what's interesting <laughs> is once you perform this experiment and you and you ex, you have this result where it does pay off and that which you're looking for does show up. You'll never be the same again. You'll always be forever changed because you'll be, you will, your experiment will have provided something that never would have been available otherwise. And you'll see like, wow, really is about having faith up to the 11th hour, if necessary. And you'll realize the value of faith. And then you'll never want to walk without it. Because you realize it is the... It is it is the key
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: it is the key
0: yeah and that becomes the trustful thing that is the foundation that you're standing on which is such a funny flighty thing to even hear someone say out loud that faith becomes the most stable <laughs> foundation you can stand on because faith or hope or, you know like when you think of these things like okay i know it's going to work out uh, because I think the world is very much based in uh, we've been taught very much being based in the materialistic kind of thing. We haven't been taught too much in the other direction, which is trusting in the process that you you wanted to manifest this thing. Trust that this is part of the process. So you talking about the eleventh hour? Uh, it, you know, the, take it. The, hearing that advice, it sounds crazy, but you know, it isn't until you actually truly apply it and really let give it give it a chance to really work its magic that you actually do see its magic work. You have to first give it a chance, don't you?
2: Yeah, because you know why? Everything is energy. And until you start to relate to the world as energy, you'll be misled. You'll be, you'll misunderstand the whole point of everything. I, I, I can't emphasize it enough that we are creative beings. We're here to create and experience. Create something and experience that which we create. And that's all there is. And you can take a moment right now and think about it and go, Is there anything that I don't create and experience? And you'll say to yourself, No. Because even when you're sleeping, even if you were in a coma, you're still creating and experiencing. Maybe it's just cells turning over, and maybe it's just, you know blood or oxygen and things you know it's still you're still creating and experiencing something always even in near death experiences even once you've died you've created something you've experienced it i remember this near death experiences this somebody was recalling and they said you know i was in the hospital and all this and I was dead, didn't really know it, and I was going up to the nurses, going, Hey, listen to this, I got something to say. And why don't you do (laughs) this? this this. I got something to say. Yeah, and he was getting so annoyed because they were ignoring him. How dare these nurses ignore him as a patient? And he didn't get it at first that he was actually um, dead. But there he is, creating something, experiencing it, if you will.
0: Wow, just, incredible. Yeah,
2: you're always creating something and experiencing it. And that's all that life is. So then you go, well, your next question might be, well, it shouldn't matter what I create, right? Like, I can just do whatever. If that's the point, I can just do whatever. And it's like, <laughs> no, you can't just do whatever because there's consequences. Because... Ultimately, this this world is founded in love. That's why we're still here. And also because that is who we are authentically, essentially who we are. Now, if you are creating who you are being out of love, that which is authentic, your life is going to work. And also you're going to expand and grow and and you're going to be prolific. In life, because that is authentic, because that is who we truly are. The alternative is coming from creating out of a base of fear. If you're being uninspired, if you're being, I'm creating myself to be, uh, you know, um, depressed, I'm creating myself to be ill, I'm being tired, I'm being faithless, I'm being doubtful, I'm being unmotivated, I'm being insecure, you know, the list goes on and on and on, well, that's not your purpose, that's not why you're here, that's not who you truly are, that's a, you know, like it's been said, the acronym, FEAR, false experience appearing real, it's, it's not who we really are, we can create that, but it's not who our real selves are if we live out of that things aren't gonna work why because it's not real it's not true and it's not who we really are so of course things are not gonna work of course you're gonna be miserable of course everything's gonna be unsatisfactory of course you're gonna experience suffering and that's not your purpose here now why are those things here if that's not our purpose because we need relativity We need something to compare it to. How can we really understand happiness if we don't know what it is to suffer? So we need to have relativity. We need to understand the difference. But that's not where we want to create ourselves to be from, coming from. We don't want to create out of that because that is inauthentic. And guess what? Life gets to say, "Hey, guess what? You're off track." And I'm going to show you because I'm going to give you a little bit of suffering and pain <laughs> to wake you up. So hopefully you'll go, "Ooh, I don't like that. Ouch." You know. It's it, it, it's really so true, but it's it's like, you know, some hitting yourself, hurting yourself, it's like the pain's there to say stop that. The pain's there to say pay attention, look out, watch. And it,
0: and it nudges, it, it gives you little gentle nudges all the way up it until the it. point where it really needs to knock on the door. <laughs> you know? That's- it really, it's been said before, the universe always just says yes to us. So if you go, oh, I'm not, you know, good enough, or I'm just terrible, or the universe goes yes. Oh, what? nobody loves me. Yes. I, I just do, but, 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 yes. You know, but if you're going, "We're creative. you know what? Wow, this is a fun experience. I'm living in. Yes. Wow. I'm, 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 I'm magnetizing all these wonderful people into my life. Yes. You know, it's just going, okay, what did you just tell me what you want? I'm just going to go ahead and give that to you. That's all I'm hearing is what you're telling me to tell you. It's like putting in the order, you know,
2: right? Because you have free will because you are free to create whatever you want. You have the power to do so. And it's through our creations and our experiences of those creations that are our lessons, that guide us, that gives us an indication of whether we're on track or not to who we authentically are, you know? And, um, and it's great. It's a great barometer. And guess what? It's not happening. We are creating it. It's, it's no, uh-uh. Nope, 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 nope. It's not the circumstance. Are you going to dictate to your circumstance, or are you going to allow your circumstance to dictate to you? You can move mountains. You can move those circumstances into alignment with you. If you're having a hard time with your boss, and you don't see eye to eye, you have total say in the matter. You have total. I got a great story for you. So. When I was about 18, 19, I worked in a restaurant, and I, the lady that worked with me, oh boy, did she <laughs> oh not boy. like me from the get-go. She did not like me. She just, oh yeah, came. She wanted to lord over me, seniority. Um, I'm the boss here, and who are you? And oh, it was a big mountain of to 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 overcome here so I said to myself I said I wonder what would happen because I've always been into experiments it's the best trust me folks experimenting (laughs) is the best I said I wonder what would happen if I just didn't react to anything she was doing or saying to me and I just kept giving her total love and total acceptance and totally just gave her good vibes just Be great with her. (laughs) Be awesome with her, regardless of anything she gives me. And I want to tell you, within a week, she was calling me her best friend. She just loved me. She couldn't say enough accolades about me. She did such a black and white change in just a short period of time. And I I thought she was going to name her firstborn after me. I kid you not and I learned something really powerful I really did and that was, that was I just learned like that's, that's the choice to make that's the best course of action alternatively I could have resisted it I could have fought with it I could have been annoyed by it I could have been giving up I could have been all kinds of things all of which are similar to each other and I would have never... I would have been fi- fueling the fire. I would have been, you know, fueling the fire. It wouldn't have done anything. Best experiment ever performed. I really encourage everybody to... That's
0: cool. ...to try That's that. That's cool. And,
2: and you know what? Don't put any time limbs on it. Just keep being great with somebody. Keep being great with them. In fact, find the humor in it. Like, find the humor. Like, oh, my God, how much... Something to be said <laughs> about killing them with kindness, Okay. She didn't quite understand until I did that experiment. Just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. You just know they're going to eventually drown this, <laughs> this sugary love, <laughs> and they they can't yes. they can't go on the way that they are, because the light always devours the darkness.
0: That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Because, you know, I'm imagining probably what psychologically was going on in, her, in your boss's brain was... They're probably wondering, why is she... I'm not giving her any reasons as to why she, she should treat me with so much light, with so much, uh, you know, as if I'm her best friend or something, with such goodness, with such love. And it was probably confounding her brain. Because she's like, okay, I was just throwing all this hatred... You know, at this, you know, giving her the the stink eye this whole time, she's giving me all this love. Well, and then that probably, you know, started, put her right in a room full of mirrors going, okay, do I want to still keep giving, throwing, you know, negativity in a direction that's just giving me pure positivity? So it was probably back there subconsciously just working on it, working on it. And holy cow, before she knew it, she's, uh, that's all she sees is your pure light. You you, you found some little way to crack in there. (laughs) You found like the Achilles heel. It's interesting. The light, the light will show through the the, the, the tiniest little cracks. And you just gave her the light, gave her the light. And she felt it. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, I mean, what happened at that point where, did she ever discuss it with you where, You know, I used to just not have a good time with you and then for some reason all of a sudden it flipped one day and now all of a sudden you're my best friend. Did she ever say anything like that?
2: No, no, she didn't quite say anything like that. She just became my best friend instantly, but um, quickly. But here's the thing. You want to look at it like this. What are my alternatives? I can start a war or I can continue to be great with somebody the point to where that light devours the darkness. Okay.
0: Listen, I don't have much time, but do you feel like you're going out of your gourd? Are you, do you have the cabin fever? Have you run out of Netflix to watch? If has the thought occurred? Hey, you know what? I can make funny stuff. I've been watching TikTok. I've been watching all the social networks and seeing what kind of creativity is coming out. I could create that. Hey, you know what? I wish they made a podcast about this. Well, you know what? You can make your own podcast. Go to anchor.fm. Go to it. Please, right now. Make your own podcast. It's the lazy person's way to make stuff. You can make little segments. uh, You can put music on there. Found sounds. Babies laughing. Neighbors throwing frisbees. Uh, uh, Your friend's playing guitar. Ah, it's so good. Anchor.fm. Please get this and find me, Inspirato Projecto. Let's be friends. Okay? Anchor.fm.
1: Here's your fun fact. David Lynch was offered the chance to direct Fast Times at Ridgemont High in 1982,
0: but he turned it down, saying that the script was funny, but it just wasn't his thing. Stay tuned to Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts.
2: The amusing part of it is like you—you know you're messing with their head in a good way. <laughs> so you can laugh about yeah. that and go like, "What are they gonna yeah. do with this?" Yeah, yeah. You know, and you gotta be genuine. It can't be fake. You know, you—you you can't. They'll—they'll they'll know that you're you're screwing around. You can't be fake about it. You gotta be yeah. genuine. Yeah. You can't just be like a fake nice. You gotta be really genuine. So you've got to give that compassion, give that love, find the greatness in them and focus on that. Maybe it's just the fact that they show up on time at work every day. <laughs> it doesn't matter, but find something that, you know, that helps. Yeah. And the and you know, and the other thing is. Think about this. If they are creating that havoc around you, they're creating havoc everywhere all the time in their life. They don't get a break from it. They are constantly suffering. And this helps to facilitate compassion. You realize how much misery or how much suffering they must be enduring on a day-to-day basis and you can take it a step further you can think about how that's wreaking havoc on their endocrine system their psychological side you know their physiological side their stress levels their you know their cells like how it's wreaking havoc in the in their health how it, sh- it could possibly shorten their lives. And if you're not aware of all of that, I mean, you got, you know, once you are, you can't help but have compassion for somebody. You can't help but notice that. Whatever they're trying to dish out at you is nothing or cannot really penetrate your world because of what they are going through. Yeah, realize
0: it's not you. It's their own, it's whatever they're carrying around with them. Oh,
2: yeah, you don't take it personally. Yeah. Of course. Nothing's ever personal, by the way. Between the ages of three, approximately 16, everybody shapes their beliefs, their perceptions, their relationships, and we have a relationship to everything in life. They shape all of this during that time, and then everything is almost like a recreation of that which got created during that time period once they become an adult they're just kind of recreating that which they invented then and of course they get fooled into thinking it's reality and it's life but it's not, it's not the truth it's just what they're perceiving through that which they got, got created then so it's also inappropriate to reality, you know, so it's inappropriate to reality. I mean, a really simple example of what I'm talking about is you could say, oh, yeah, there was a school bully and she had blonde hair and she had blue eyes. She's about five foot seven, whatever, da da da. I don't understand it. Now, whenever I meet somebody who's blonde with five foot seven, blue eyes, I just can't get on with them. Oh my God. I just get so, I don't know, I'm just so uncomfortable. I don't get it. It's just true. And it's just because you're recreating your relationship to this other person is totally inappropriate to that person that you're meeting today. Happens it's happens all the time in relationships, especially romantic relationships where, you know, people are incomplete with their past. Oh, my God, you know, I remember, you know, I'll fly off the handle because you told me to wash that dish. And it's like... <laughs> Yeah, I was just saying, wash the dish. What's the problem? I didn't add anything to it. Say, you know, no big deal. Oh, now that I think about it, you know, somebody called me stupid, you know, and I'm an idiot and I'm lazy and I'm no good for nothing because I didn't clean a dish. <laughs> no, that's not what it means.
0: Right, right.
2: Dirty dishes don't equate to your self worth. Stop.
0: It's interesting. It's like the universe constantly is giving us opportunities to to, um, decide whether we want to still let that ghost uh, have the amount of weight that we've carried along of that particular ghost for so long. It's giving us that opportunity. Okay, here's another opportunity to break the spell. Yes or no? Do you want to break it or not? Do you want to still have the same associations you've always had, or do you want to go, you know, just let it disappear, just kind of melt in front of you? And, uh, you know, it's interesting because someone to go along with that kind of mindset that you're talking about, uh, that kind of mindset will always see those ghosts through different camouflages through their life. Even, you know, obviously, as someone who who looks very similar to the bully that beat him up way back then, it's it's interesting. It's like the universe is going, okay, here's another opportunity. It may resemble this thing that, you know, you had an issue with long ago, but do you still want to carry around that ghost? And do you want to view this as a brand new moment in time you're given that that interesting choice, you know it'd be so great because if there were more and more programs of this that <sighs> helped people go down into the root behind where their like their reaction right now is actually coming from, if they're actually to look at the well from where that information is stemming from, holy cow that could i mean that could you know it's like as soon as someone realizes that whatever their whatever their issue is right now that's holding them back from from being great if they were to recognize that and go okay that's that's an anchor i don't want on my ankle anymore i'm trying to swim here i that's an anchor i don't need anymore okay there we go now i'm a lot lighter now how neat would that be if there were more shows like that that were out there that were kind of inviting people to take that moment and go Guess what? The responsibility is actually in your hands, (laughs) you know, the life that you're going to be finding in your life is is all because of your definitions, the things that you find valuable, the things that you decided to hold on to and um, use as your, I guess, identifier. You know, what do you identify by, so to speak? Do you identify in a magical universe or is it something where, oh, life is just terrible. Oh, everything is horrible. And I think with what you do with people, you're really helping them really look at that and decide, do you really still want to carry this around with you? Or do you want to just go, okay, let's just exercise this demon here. You
2: can't have a new, fresh experience or the experience that you truly want without letting that go. Having the tools to to being able to truly let it go is what's essential. And... You know, I can't emphasize enough how important that would be to have in our everyday programming, if you will. It's schools, things like that, or, you know, adult schooling. Like, this is all, like, very critical. It's so critical. It's like food and air and water to our existence is having access to the tools to... Being able to live the life that we so desire, all, each and every single one of us have a desire for a life, but we don't have access to it. We don't have the tools for creating it. We don't understand how life works. You know, it would be like all of us were given a car and nobody's a freaking mechanic. <laughs> we're going to, you yeah, we got a car that works for a little while, then things start <laughs> going kaput 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 kaput. next thing you know we have a car that doesn't run at all and it's really akin to that sort of analogy um and we're little kids (laughs) are like you know a brand new car it's going great at first and then it you know it gets older and things start malfunctioning and we have no way to correct these things so we can continue on with our, you know, our destination, our journey in life. Eventually, we end up with a broken, kaput car, and it starts you know, growing weeds through it, and it's going nowhere, and it's stationary. This is so many people's lives. But imagine if you knew what a car was, how it's made up, how these things work together. Then you will never be stopped in life you'll always be joyously on your journey, experiencing your adventures. So it's ironic that we don't have these, this information readily available, yet it's absolutely crucial to understand these things. It kind of... It, it, it makes life the purpose, the point of life, most null and void. I mean, it's that important. But guess what? The good news is that the information's out there. There is access, you know, to the things that which we are missing, and it's out there. So we're not lost. We just have to connect to that, connect to those truths. And make it a priority, a lifestyle priority. People make lifestyle priorities all the time. They eat every day, <laughs> they exercise every day, they sleep every day—all these fundamental things. And yet, this is something that's just as important: is understanding this. We're a lot of people believe that we are. This is this this planet is a a, a, a schooling, a, a place to learn. You know and. If this is so, and we put a lot of emphasis on learning things, don't we? we? We do. But we don't put an emphasis on learning the things that are most critical first before anything else. There's a lot to learn out there. But there's also a priority in terms of what is most important to learn first and then, you know, to continue learning whatever it is. Um...
0: Yeah, It's interesting, my buddy and I, we were talking the other day about how these history books, uh, you know, kids are in school, they're learning about the history of all these wars, they're learning about all this terrible stuff, terrible stuff, terrible stuff, terrible stuff, terrible stuff, terrible stuff. Mm -hmm. So you can't help but wonder, you know, when they say, oh, history repeats itself... Is history actually repeating itself, or is the learning of the shitty things that happened in history that's actually enabling it to repeat itself? So if we were to do away with everything that happened in the past, which actually, yes, in one way, yes, in many ways, it does have a hell of a lot to do with going on, with what's going on now, because of all those dominoes that went way back then that led up to now, yes, that does. However, having said that, knowing that we live in this quantum universe, parallel universes, knowing that every single moment that we're blinking, it's a completely different, you know, moment in time. If we were to erase all of that and simply start teaching the kids the stuff that we're talking about today, (laughs) I mean, would they ever actually... Would they be better off not ever knowing what the hell happened in the past? Is it really truly essential that they know what happened in the past? You know, so we... Sometimes that goes in my brain, and I think, you know, it's like, what, what are your thoughts about that?
2: I think it's important. Well, if we look to our past, it's great to discern the lessons by looking at our past. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't overemphasize it, we should be aware of it. But it's something in our background. What should call to us, what is That which we're creating for our future. Inventing and allowing that to call and bring us forward into our future. The vision of that which we want to bring into existence. That's the emphasis. That's the emphasis. And there's so many people, incredible people, that have made... A powerful mark in society today, all of which agree that the emphasis should be on the future and not on the past. Always look forward. If you're going to look on your past, that's great. It's interesting. But if we were designed for that, wouldn't our heads be backwards? (laughs) Yeah,
0: I love that. I love that. I love that.
2: Yeah. But instead... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're made to rotate, to look behind us in retrospect. Yeah. But the emphasis is on looking where we're walking. Yeah. You know, looking forward. I love that. I love that. As we're walking. Yeah. So <laughs> that says a lot right there, right? <laughs> we would yeah. be designed differently.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. So just as you, I think, approaching life. In terms of future and past, think of it in terms of the way that you would approach walking down a pathway
0: (laughs) in nature.
2: Yeah, you might occasionally look behind you, but mostly you're looking forward. And if you treat life in the same way, you're you're going to be where you where you ought to be. Um, That serves you the best. Learning for your past is great. But look, you made a good point. You talk about school, and there's school talks about history, and and oh, my gosh, even the news is history because by the time it's reported, it's already in the past. Where's the emphasis on the future? We've got it backwards, but then guess what? We've got most of this stuff backwards, if not everything backwards. <laughs> <laughs> It's backwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but here, you know, and that's the thing once you realize this or once you start to turn things around. And now that's why when I work with people, I always say, just give me your 30 days, you know, just 30 days. We're going to try something different. It's just an experiment. Just see what happens. <laughs> They're never the same again. Their lives have catapulted. They have. You've taken a quantum leap into an ideal life. They have this understanding. And they're never the same again. So it's just a matter of experimenting. Giving yourself permission to let go of what is so familiar, what you're so attached to. Just for a little bit of time. Try something different. Just to see what would happen. It could change the rest of your life. So I... That's why I say, you know, experimentation is so important. When we experiment, this is where we gain our truths. This is where we gain our understandings. This is where we shape or mold our lives. This is how our belief systems change. This is how we really get to understand experientially, not conceptually, how we have had it backwards. How we have been misinformed. We were talking about George Harrison and his documentary with Martin Scorsese. And um, that was one of the things that they talked about in the documentaries. They said he's a very spiritual person, one to understand life and the eternity of life, if there is such. And he very much went out there to experience his own spirituality, what is life on his own, on his own. He was very much not into accepting the doctrine, very much not accepting what everybody else said. He wanted to experience it and find out for himself. That's an experiment. That's experimentation. This is critical for each and every one of us. But it's funny because, you know what, the word experiment is almost non-existent. Did you ever you're hear you right, anybody you're right. talking about I experimented with this or I tried right. this experiment. I tried this out just to see what would happen. The whole concept is practically non-existent unless you're a scientist.
0: And what's beautiful is that we're all scientists. We might not have the, mic- the microscopes, we might not have the, the special beakers or whatnot, <clears throat> but that's the fun thing. We got the hypothesis, we go, hmm, I wonder what happens when I try this, and then you go and you try it, you go, all right, there we go, we got the, we got the uh, data right here. It looks like it works out well.
2: Some people don't even have enough freedom to experiment to try a new dish. Mm. Mm. To try a new dish. Wow. That's how little freedom they have when it comes to experimenting. Why don't you try this? See if you like it. No, 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 I can't. Why not? Just try it. Just see if you like it. Who knows? No, nope. no. Nope. No, I don't think I'd like it. No, nope. can't try that. No. Nope. Wow. Wow, wow, wow.
0: And, you know, as that old phrase goes, how we do anything is how we do everything. And that little tiny piece says macrocosms about that that kind of person's psychology. If that's how they are with the food, there's no way they're going to experiment with their own life. Right? So they're, they're trying to find that little that little thing, that little sweet spot that trying to... Mm, you know, it, it keep, it's like you got to coax them, like you see in those old movies where they hide the dog treats down in, in a line. You know, oh, we'll get we'll get Sparky out in the, in the yard. You know, he just follows the dog treats down <laughs> down the, the little breadcrumb trail. Next thing, you know, oh yeah, okay, let's play some frisbee now, with Sparky. It seems like some of these people, you have to kind of lead that little breadcrumb trail to get them okay, okay with experimenting, even in, in tiny ways. How would you How would you first experiment? How, how would you first uh, What What are some things that you would do with someone like that who wouldn't try? You know, even because um, I'm sure you come across a lot of clients like that, right? A lot of clients like that with your with, you know, putting them through the program and everything. Who are well, just like, oh, I don't even, no, you know.
2: That's the thing. All I'm asking is a short period of time. You know, mm-hmm. people that come to me, they they, they want change, or they they things are not working. They go, you know.
0: So they're looking to to, to experiment, so to speak. They are
2: and. Sometimes they're just like, whatever I got to do, you know? I got to do 50 somersaults and 20 jumping jacks. Whatever, (laughs) I don't care. Just tell me what I got to do to change this. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: And some of them, you know, I think most of them are just like looking for change and they're just open. That openness is everything. And then I say, okay, you know, this is going to be easy. This is simple. This is safe. We're just doing these this to trying some things out for the next 30 days I can promise you Your entire life will be changed for the better Don't worry, you're safe You know, this can only Go well So then, you know we, we, It's that It's them giving themselves permission Yeah To experiment And they feel safe because they know Okay, you know, in 30 days I can always go back to what I used to know why not see if there's something better out there, you know, or something that works? And why not see if there's some solutions to my problems? Okay. I know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and <laughs> over and expecting different results. So, okay, let's do this. Yeah. What
0: are, what are some of the ways <clears throat> um, that people can get a hold of you if they want to learn some some magic tricks?
2: <laughs> it, just contact me, getyourlifenow.com, send me an email, call, arrange for a consultation, whatever, yeah, absolutely, doors Do one always one open.
0: Yeah, oh well, yeah, what's the name of that web address again?
2: Getyourlifenow.com, and give me a call, or email me, and just set up a Free consultation, half an hour, talk about if it's a good fit, if you're ready for this. I promise you that this system works for everybody every single time. All they have to do is be willing to apply it to their lives, but it's such a no-brainer. It's just like, I do this, this, and this, everything, and will fall into place. The less you think, the better your life is. The more results that you get, the more extraordinary results that you get. You'd be surprised when we find out that life is actually so simple. And how, oh my God, how exhilarating it is to find out all I have to do is use like 5%, 10% of what I have been utilizing energy-wise. And I just dance and glide through life. I don't have to push the boulder. I have no struggling. Everything falls into place. Everything comes to me. Everything falls into my lap. What a concept. (laughs) Because I used to be that person who used to chase after everything like crazy. I would obsess and focus and chase and pursue and make it happen and be a workaholic and sacrifice everything to get results because my grandmother came from the Dust Bowl era and that's how we were brought up. And then one day I said, wait a minute, there's some people that don't don't live like that. And they just kinda have things fall in their lap and I know these people personally and how come they get to do this? I don't believe they're, <laughs> I don't believe that they're just lucky, you know, like, oh, you know, the, the great creator in the world said, you, you're going to get to have the lucky, is <laughs> at life and you are not. <laughs> no. no, we're all human beings, you know, and some of us are good at things. Some of us, we need a little practice and things like that. So I think this person just is really good at something and They just have it that things can fall into place. They just have it that they don't have to exert a lot of energy or work hard. They got that somewhere. They invented that somewhere in their childhood. So I'm gonna invent that for myself, see what happens. Never look back, never look back. Things just fall into place. I love it, I love it, I love it. And that makes me high on life. What a fun life. Stuff just shows up. God, I got more time for my friends and socializing. Balanced. I have time for the gym. I'm enjoying life. I work less. Things just fall into place. It's so fun. I realize now what I need to be concentrating on, and it doesn't require me to get out of bed.
0: (laughs) It doesn't require me to get out of bed. That's brilliant. Yeah. Oh my god, I love it.
2: Yeah. It's that's that's the fundamental and most. important part is that which I do in bed, I take action, I do stuff, I have an action plan, but in that action plan it's more like I just show up, engage, participate, be in the moment, everything falls into place, that's easy too, the most important thing is what I do in my bedroom, you know, before I even engage in the world, that's what makes all the difference perfect example you know I've had my practice for many many years now I still ask people why why are you here there's so many people to choose from there's so many people that uh, you could have called what made you pick me and they said you know I don't know I just felt it felt right I kept being called back to you. I, I just felt like it was right. Never was it because, oh, your reviews or your accolades or because you were in a magazine or a TV show or this or that or something like that. Like a lot of logic would make you think. They always said, I don't know. I just felt right. That right there, and this happens every single time, folks, every single time. (laughs) If there isn't more evidence that everything is energy, I don't know what is. I don't know. Because this is what they say every single time. That says it all.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, get your life now. Not later, now. Get your life now. Sterling, thank you so much for talking. Thank you so much for your wisdom. Thank you so much for your hilarity. You're
2: Thank you
0: so it's much for your creativity.
2: <laughs> it's my pleasure. I love this. I love it. Thank you.
0: Find Thank her. You. Go out there. To see what you can do. We will talk more later. So while hanging out with Sterling today, she had talked about how she had become friends with Leonard Cohen. And I got home and I, I was so just blown away by this she said she was friends with David Bowie too and the uh, K-Chung episode that we're having tomorrow or actually today now it's one sixteen a.m. 6 3 2019 June June 6th uh, no June 3rd June 3rd <clears throat> June 3rd 1 at 2 p.m. Uh, on K-Chung 1630 a.m. She, I'm sure she's gonna talk about it because I'm gonna ask her more about it. But Sterling had talked about how she was friends with Leonard Cohen, and when I came home, I told Jenny about it, and so I started playing some Leonard Cohen, and I turned on the James Bond channel um, that I get on on Fire uh, Fire TV. I, it, they've there are all these channels were. Like, I've been watching Quantum Leap right now, but before that, there's a channel of all these James Bond movies. And I was playing Leonard Cohen, and lyrics that he'd say were coinciding with the images that are on the screen. He would say something like, um, something like, like a tidal wave. Well, right then that, at that point, some, some, um, it was a movie with Halle Berry and, uh, And Pierce Brosnan, and like a a pipe of water broke right at that moment when he says the the water water came upon us, or something like that tidal wave or something Boosh all this water came through. And then he said something about our naked bodies. Well, he said that right at the time when James Bond was having sex with some gal, and then there's one other little one little other instance that I thought was crazy well, in that in that movie, Moon, Moonraker, actually Moonraker was earlier today, uh, I think it was the earlier today, oh, Moonraker was yesterday maybe, oh, so in that, James Bond gets inside of one of those spinning things, like the astronaut things, yeah. the centrifuge thing, well in this Quantum Leap episode, Sam is a chimpanzee and they put him inside of the centrifuge thing to see if he can handle the fast spinning around so i thought that was quite interesting i can't wait to see what other interesting synchronicities pop up here wow this is just (laughs) incredible incredible